Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. Always interesting, always learning something new every day. Uh, Vincent Gasparo, look who's back in the chair. You're kind of like back now, right? You can play again? Yeah, I can play again. Cool. Vincent Gasparo, who you uh, all know, former advisor to Paul Martin and uh, current campaign chair for Mr. John Tory's mayoral run. We also have Dennis Matthews, VP of Marketing and Communications with Enterprise Canada, not to be confused with a car rental place. So don't try to rent a car from Dennis, right? No, we won't pick you up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Doug Ford, not wasting any time announcing this morning that there's going to be a hiring freeze in the public center canceling non-essential travel things like you know food at meetings newspapers magazine subscriptions i'll start with you on this uh, vincent because you'd be a natural proponent of this but i look at it and i say if you save the pennies you mind the pennies you grow the dollars so this this may add up to a couple of million dollars i i have a feeling because i've been around queen's park for a while it'll add up to a heck of a lot more than that but symbolically yeah. this is what people want well, uh, it definitely plays t- to his base, and uh, you know he campaigned taxpayers. Well, sure, but but his his political base, uh, you know, he campaigned on 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 this sort of uh, behavior. Um, <laughs> behavior of what? No, no, I, I mean responsibility and respect. No, I'm not. I'm not being. Uh, you know, I'm not, not being, being liberal. No, okay. I'm not being critical of it. Mm. I'm just. I'm just saying he campaigned on on this sort of. Uh, you know. Fi- Uber fiscal responsibility. Uh, you know, I'm not surprised that it's like one of his first acts um, uh, as, you know, even though he's not premier, but premier designate is to put in a hiring freeze and, you know, cancel all, all that sort of frilly stuff. Um, you, you know, his his brother did that and he did that when he was uh, at Toronto City Hall. You know, he's setting a, a certain tone. It'll be interesting to see how he delivers. Uh, I know there's an audit going on um, uh, throughout the public service. Um, we'll see what the results yield from that, and we'll see how how Doug Ford actually governs. Uh, I think what he will find, and you know, he has some very talented people uh, uh, in his uh, premier's office, uh, like Dean French and Jenny Byrne and others, um, who who know that governing is difficult, and you know, there's nuances, and uh, sometimes there there are you know not good and bad choices, but. You know, necessary uh, th- there's necessary choices. So it'll be interesting to see how, how, you know, the kind of choices he makes as premier. Well, you know, the public sector, uh, a lot of the union boss is already making a lot of noise mm-hmm. about this. I didn't ever hear him today say we are not hiring any frontline workers and we're therefore firing everybody. What I'm hearing is we're going to get our financial affairs in order and then we're going to clean up. And if anything, I could see Dennis, he will actually hire more nurses and get rid of that middle middle layer of sludge, as I call it. Yeah, exactly. Look, this was an election fought on affordability, almost fundamental. A change election focused on sort of tax, you know, taxpayer issues and, and affordability. And when you look at what he's done in his first moves, the things he's spending his time on, you know, first is the carbon tax, getting out there, scrapping that. But second, you know, this is, and, it's, and yes, is it largely a symbolic move? Sure. But it's one of those things when you can't campaign on, I'm going to stop, you know, I'm going to stop the gravy train or the party with the taxpayer's money is over and then get in there and just sort of act like it's business as usual. I think it's really important for him to get out uh, and get out in front of this and just send a big signal to the bureaucracy, stop the bleeding, stop the spending, and we're going to get in there, and, and he's going to do an audit, and, and there's a whole bunch of stuff that has to be done, but I think you're spot on when it's like when you're mining these small little things, it, like it sends a bigger signal, and, and these small pennies, do uh, they do add up. Well, we know but, they do, because we've seen from documentation in the past, you've got... 
people in public schools in Toronto spending $300 to install a pencil sharpener. Mm-hmm. I could do that by myself if I were allowed for for pennies. And and it's that kind of yeah. waste that I think and, people and, wouldn't... And, yeah, and there's, and there's examples, especially like in healthcare too, when you suddenly have hundreds and hundreds of, uh, you know, sort of senior level bureaucrats administering a healthcare system when you go back 15 years, those people weren't there. Yeah. So, you know, I think you're spot on on, you know, we need more doctors, we need more teachers, we need more, more frontline yeah. uh, you know, service, but we don't need more at the back end. Yeah, pencil pushers have never saved anyone in a heart attack situation. Like they just don't. So I, I, for me, if we're going to spend, I want it in the caregivers. I want it in the frontline services. I don't want more executives, fat cats like we've seen at Hydro and everywhere else. Well, uh, again, I, I think what this comes down to is the choices that a, you know, a premier or a government makes and the priorities they have. And like I said, uh, I, I think when, um, when Doug Ford is going to be faced with uh, uh, critical decisions, um, you know, that's when we're going to see, you know, where, you know, his values are and we're, we're really going to see, uh, whether he, you know, uh, can really appeal to his base. As I said before, making decisions in government, uh, isn't necessarily always between, um, you know, a, a good choice and a bad choice. There are varying degrees of well, that's uh, shades leadership, of gray. And sometimes it's absolutely. not that you'd have to make very unpopular choices. Uh, uh, listen, uh, you know, uh, absolutely. So it'll be very interesting to see. And like I said, you know, he has some good people around him, the rumors in terms of who's going to be in his cabinet, uh, you know, whether he listens them to, to them or not is another story. Well, 18 but, cabinet ministers, that's quite a reduction. I mean, that to me is like, that's a huge amount of savings. Well, who, well, who knows? Well, that's what we're well, look, being told, listen, you know, uh, you know going forward, of, but I'm just it, saying it, going, it can right. be done. In terms of savings, you know, reducing your cabinet from 28 to 8, you know, 29 to 18. Yeah, but many, many salaries. That's staffing. Listen, where the choices will be, and I'm going to say it again education and healthcare uh, represent the majority of the provincial budget. Mm. He's going to have to make some very difficult choices. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm going to take him at his word for now that he doesn't want to cut frontline staff. We'll see what choices he makes. Yep. Right and and uh, so so are you doing something crazy like giving him a chance? That's crazy. Well, so crazy when people he just, so crazy. He, he just won yeah. a majority. Well, of I know, I, I, but there are a lot of people I, that have. I, mean, there, I, I think it only makes sense just well, to see to, to see what decisions he makes. Protest plan on the twenty dollars. I, I can I can tell you over the next four years we'll we'll see. Uh, you know, we'll have how, lots to go on. I know it. Yeah, yeah we, we will. We'll have lots of lots to discuss. Be interesting. Um, let's talk about one of the big issues, because clearly he's going to have to deal with some serious issues that were not really brought up in the election, like tariffs and this this possible trade war that we're looking into. But Ipsos polling shows that uh, Mr. Trudeau is, in fact, getting a bump from this. It does not mean from this polling that it would result in votes if an election were held, because Andrew Scheer is still in a winning position at 36 percent. Trudeau is sitting at 32 percent. But it did give him a six point bump uh, since his disastrous India trip. Um, but the Ipsos polling, I think that that is most interesting is, is that it's short term. So I think if things get really ugly, Dennis, mm-hmm. that'll uh, evaporate again. Yeah, look, I think the India trip, like this, was sort of a necessary step for him to rehabilitate his image a bit. Uh, you know, up to up to fifty percent uh, approval. You know, it's it's obviously trending in the right direction. Uh, we'll see. You know, this brings back sort of memories of uh, and, uh, memories of the George Bush era when you know Chen or Paul Martin or others were able to sort of use the U.S. president as a straw man against the uh, against the conservative opposition leaders. So we'll see. I think Trudeau and his team would love to do that. I I find you know Trump is such an unpredictable, almost like crazed figure on the world stage that it's a little harder to sort of ascribe him to. Oh well, Andrew Scheer, you're just like uh, you're just like Donald Trump. You want to do the same things. 
it's a it, no one's know, like Donald a, Trump. It, it's a huge stretch. Exactly. So <laughs> there's only one. Yeah, but you know, for for Trudeau, the thing that puzzles me is, I mean, he is constantly behind in a lot of these polls, and yeah. you know, there's not an election tomorrow, and I'm always skeptical of polling this far out because it, there isn't a vote tomorrow. But you know, if unless you're, they if, call a snap election. No, but if you're Team Trudeau, I think you got to look a little bit and say, well, what are we doing that's working? What's not working? And it, it's sort of clear for a while they're not firing on all cylinders, even though they're you know maybe handling the the Trump stuff better than people would have expected. Well, uh, the, the other thing from this, uh, Vincent, in the polling is that. It's one thing to support your prime minister, but a lot of this is likely supporting the country. I mean, even I say, hey, I'm I, I'm Canadian first and I don't care if Trump does good or bad. My country comes first. And when you attack the country. So a lot of those numbers will come from that yeah, sentiment. For, so for sure. they do run the danger that if they politicize this too much and play politics with it, it will it will snap back on them. All these polls and, and listen, whenever uh, and, you know, uh, uh the federal liberal party has gotten a bump out of this. And I'm going to say the same thing now that I've said before, when after the India trip, their poll polling numbers dropped. And that is these polls are completely irrelevant. Uh, um, at the end of the day, uh, I think voters are going to have to take a, a hard look at which obviously party has, you know, how they've governed, over, you know, how the federal liberal party has governed over, over the last four years. Um, what I would say from a political perspective is uh, I'd be concerned um, if I'm in Ottawa today in the PMO, that uh, after, you know, uh, Kathleen Wynne's government, mm. which a lot of people have uh, found similarities between the Trudeau government yeah, and, and, and Kathleen Wynne's government, uh, were, were decimated in, in, in the last uh, election. So, um, you know, uh, right now I'd be in the PMO trying to take a hard, honest look on why that happened. And look, there's a lot of things you can explain away. Government that, that was in office for 15 years, a very unpopular leader, et cetera, et cetera. Scandal, but corruption. But, yeah, th- but there there were a lot of issues uh, or uh, some policy similarities between the two that I guarantee you are drawing some concern in the PMO Well, that's because they today. were the same. I mean, the people in the back room were all the same. So, of course, they're going to look at this and say, oh, my God, our green policy, maybe it's not that popular after all. Well, I think you know, there, there are a lot of reasons, but it's this track to the left that the win Liberals yeah. did near the end. And, and you'll see whether, you know, Trudeau has been tracking to the left for a Liberal and Liberals win when they're at the middle. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if they sort of uh, reorient themselves back. Yeah, there. listen, absolutely. And, you know, I think we've we've actually had this conversation offline that when the Liberal Party... They should just uh, be themselves. W- well... Just uh, go back to listen, being themselves. when the Liberal Party is fiscally responsible and socially... Uh, progressive, uh, we will uh, cut the grass of both uh, mm-hmm. uh, of the other two political parties. We, we and, When and you're his- normal, let me know when that happens. Okay, I got to take a quick break here. <laughs> 829, when we come back, we'll talk about uh, Finance Minister Bill Morneau. Yes, um, why are so many people in his particular riding so poor, not doing so well? We'll talk about that. And how much is too much to pay for little toys and gadgets for the Prime Minister's summer home? Hey, no name-calling here. Just differing opinions going head-to-head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. I got Vincent uh, Gasparo and Dennis Matthews in the house tonight. Let's start with uh, a little summer home in Gatineau Park, shall we? And uh, Harrington Lake, I guess, is one of those nifty perks that the Prime Minister gets for the family. This is a lakeside retreat. And it's getting some improvements, including, yes, a new sauna that cost $4,300 just for the electrical hookup, the uh, $65,000 unit they were going to go with, they decided to scrap. A new patio for ten grand, patio umbrellas for three grand, a swing set for $7,500. Dude, hook me up. Where do you get that one? <laughs> uh, a golf cart, boat racks. But this one caught my attention, $45,000 a year on snow removal. Um, 
Uh, Vincent, good money spent? Well, Har- Harrington Lake, just for all those... Uh, all the, all, all the all, plebes that don't get one of those summer <laughs> no, homes? Well, yeah. yeah, well, listen, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for all your listeners, Harrington Lake is inaccessible in the winter, so you need to you need to spend a ton of money on snow removal just for mm-hmm. security purposes mm. to, to get the the prime and minister they can and put his family heated lines in and mm-hmm. just keep it melted all year round. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, but it, it's 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 inaccessible. But in it's the gone up from seventeen thousand to forty five thousand. Right. So to to make sure that it's accessible in the oh, winter. Okay. Cross country ski trails. Yes. maybe. Uh, for and, a little snowmobile and, and ride with some is, hot chocolate. And my understanding is uh, oh. Justin Trudeau actually okay. paid for the sauna himself. Well, he paid for the electrical hookup. Thank thankfully he um, scrapped the sixty five thousand um, dollar wrap around deck with the sauna. Look, I don't begrudge the prime minister having some, you know, stuff. A seventy five hundred dollars. Where, where's the swing set? Couldn't like, you go to IKEA? Yeah, I, I've been there on a few occasions, and and it's it's a huge, huge property. It really is the kind of those crown jewels of of uh, you know the national capital region. And, and when you're prime minister, I guess you get access to these kind of perks. Um, you know, and I'm not going to defend the individual sort of payments because when you go through them, as as I'm listening to you talk about it, it actually sounds ridiculous. <laughs> like I can't golf. really defend any of these any of these things. But you know, one thing that does bug me, and you see this a little bit with 24 Sussex and and the renovations, and and there's just this like in Canada for some reason, and you go to the Washington D.C. And you look at the U.S. monuments and the yep. and and the U.S. Uh, tributes to history, and it's just you know they do such an incredible, incredible job. Yeah. And I look at us. I mean, we're we're a G eight country. We're one of the richest countries on on planet Earth. Uh, you know, and you got to wonder is is there a way we can spend a little bit of money to make sure that some of our heritage sites and and these things are actually well, like can we just have a plane that of. works? Like the prime minister's plane doesn't even work. Yeah, I, put, I mean, I, but I put that in the same category. But, okay, and, but, yeah, but l- you're listen, both political beasts. You know that yeah. it would be unpopular to well, to campaign. Well, on these listen, in all, in, Dennis and I are, are on are on uh, the exact same page here. We bo- both worked yeah. in, in the prime minister's office for for two. Different- did you both? Did you go to Harrington Lake as well? Uh, well, no. No, I, I never There's went no to Harrington Lake, but, but I, I did. I did rug have, by the, the uh, fire. I, I did. I did have. I did have the pleasure of, of traveling on Challenger uh, a few times. And uh, uh, listen, at the end of the day, uh, you know, w- you know, I think we should be a little more accepting of the prime minister, regardless of the party in power, and uh, to you know, having a a home that has. Uh, you know, uh, full security services uh, and is is well maintained. I'm talking about 24 Sussex. Well, it's ridiculous. It, that they it, it, it that. is completely ridiculous. unacceptable uh, that that the state it's in. And frankly, they, why don't they hire Mike Holmes? Hello, do a show. I think he offered and, to actually and yeah. bring in some yeah. engineer, bring in some students, and and bring no, it back no, to its, well, its glory. No, but I think the point here, Alex, is it comes down to, to the partisanship because if. If if yeah. uh, if Prime Minister Martin had or ordered the the renovation of of uh, twenty four Sussex, uh, your boss and, and your party and maybe yeah. even you would yeah. have hammered us on it, yeah. and vice versa. If well, you would have done let it, it yeah. like yeah. had teacups yeah. in there to collect the water. So yeah. and, you know, and if Harper you know would have done it, uh, yeah. my party would have done the same. And I think yeah. I, I I think uh, you know I, I'll give Muriel Boulanger credit. Um, he actually came out because um, 24 Sussex is in his writing. He came out and said uh, if uh, he was imploring Stephen Harper to, to fix it, uh, fix uh, 24 Sussex. And he made the point very clear that he said if anybody from his party or the NDP attacked Stephen Harper on that one issue, yeah. he would publicly stand up and defend Stephen Harper and, well, they and, should and the government. It. So my point is if we had a little more of... Uh, of that sort of nonpartisan sort of behavior around some of our heritage sites, yeah. uh, uh, you know, uh, travel, uh, the travel, the, or um, 
uh, upgrading of, of our planes f- for the prime minister, etc. I think you'd see a lot of that get done. Yeah, no, and I agree. Though the one thing that frustrates me, especially, is I keep thinking, well, maybe we just you know turn these decisions over to some sort of independent panel and then take the politics out of it. Except they'd make it ten times worse. And you <laughs> see this with like the renovations at Twenty Four Sussex. You know, suddenly, I, suddenly they're saying, well, it's going to cost ten million dollars to upgrade the house. Well, look, the house needs some work. There's no doubt about that. But you know. Maybe like two million dollars. Yeah, I'm sure they can put something together. If you could build a whole new house for two, I'm pretty sure they could do it. Yeah, I I don't want to let this um, topic go, but Finance Minister Bill Morneau likely uh, breathing a little bit easier because he's been cleared by the conflict of uh, interest and ethics commissioner over his sponsorship of pension legislation. But this is the headline that caught my eye: his writing, which is Toronto Center, which is like encapsulates some of the richest of the rich also has the poorest of the poor. Four in ten children live in his riding are poor. And this isn't the only one. The study that was released shows that some of the worst poverty issues are both in NDP and liberal ridings. So why are we seeing such yeah. a... Dis- why is it that <laughs> they keep putting their trust in in these two parties and they don't get much back? Yeah, no, this is this is driven nuts for a long time. And I think you could have some sort of chart. Like the more you know, left-wing and progressive the, the representatives are, the larger the inequality. And there's there's really no better example of this in like San Francisco. You know, you go to the sort of the heart of liberalism, and this is a city that has become completely unaffordable so for anybody who's not making you know three hundred thousand dollars a year. But you, you see it here. And it's one thing when you have NDP members who are you know from poor regional parts, like in, in Manitoba or somewhere like that. But yeah. in the case of Toronto, I mean, this is one of the richest cities in the world, and here you have somebody who's sort of preaching progressive politics, and it's just not matching up in his own riding. No, it's not quick. I'll give you twenty seconds because I hit, I got to hit a break. Well, he 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 just got elected. He's been he's been the MP for two years, and you, you guys, guys have always held that riding. All this you've always held that riding. Blah blah blah. The fact is, yeah. Listen, uh, I agree with you. Uh, income uh, inequality is a big issue. Um, it, it's an issue all across the country. It's all basically an issue right across the OECD. Uh, you have t- you know Toronto community housing there, yeah. and you also have very wealthy areas. It, it, it's an issue. It needs to be addressed. And uh, you know, my, my party. Concern. My party is, going to, is in power and is going to try to fix it. <laughs> okay. And, and, okay. Oh, and by the way, so, so is Doug Ford. So well, there, there, you go. Go. there you go. You have, you have two right. political parties going to try to deal with income inequality. I got to cut it there or I'd let you go. Dennis Matthews and Vincent Gasparro joining us. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.